For those who might be new, in the history of 10 years at Disciples Church, we have helped launch out and plant 10 churches out of Disciples. And uh, that is probably one of our proudest achievements as a church and impact, among a few other things that God has allowed us to be part of. We've been able to support and love on church planters. And uh, Charles Stevens and his lovely bride, Henicia, have become good, good friends of ours and are the type people who show up for special stuff, the friends who uh, come to a birthday party, even when you don't expect they would have time to do that, they turn up and bless you and honor you, uh, and I just um, love them so, so much. So we really felt like it was time to move beyond friend zone and uh, to bring Charles and to sit under his teaching. And so would you give a really, really warm disciples welcome to Pastor Charles Stevens, Jr.? Can you guys hear me? All right. Amen. Um, Disciples Church, real quick, I want you guys to stand up real quick. Uh, no, you two, sit down. There you go. I just want to give, I just want to give it up for you guys as leaders real quick. If you can, just get on a round of applause. They have been great uh, for our church. Um, they have been great for me and my wife personally. Stu is like a big brother to me. Um, whether you know it or not, from afar and up close, um, you have been a true inspiration to me, man, and I really appreciate you. And Jen, First Lady Jen, that's, a, um, that's an inside joke, but um, I just want to say you have been um, amazing to me as well, and I know my wife loves you as well, and that says something. <laughs> Amen. You guys can be seated in Transformation Church. If you can guys stand up real quick. We, have, we brought a few members. Just want to... Amen. I'm so grateful and I'm so happy that you guys traveled all the way to Folsom um, to gather with us. Um, thank you so much, Disciples Church, for having us. You guys can be seated. And then also, I want to give it up for my good thing. Amen. Uh, my wife. Yes. Amen. Go ahead and send us, sweetheart. I know I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for her. Nope. Stand up. Go. Keep standing up. Ain't she beautiful? Yes. All right. All right. Amen. Amen. So I'm, I don't, let me see real quick. Let me take this off real quick. I'm, a, I'm already getting a little hot. All right. Amen. So don't worry about it. All right. So um, today um, I understand that um, Pastor Stu had sent me a message and said that you were in a series called Daring to Live. Amen. So um, when I was... Um, when he gave me the instructions about, the, um, about your series and um, some of the things that you guys are studying, um, immediately God gave me this guy named Gideon. Um, and I believe um, that God is going to challenge us, he's going to encourage us, and he's going to strengthen us um, for the days to come. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the word. Let me go ahead and pray first real quick, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for all that you continue to do, Lord. I pray, Lord, Heavenly Father, that you will speak to me, Lord, Heavenly Father, that you, Lord, Heavenly Father, will have your way, Lord, that you will strengthen 
every single person that is here on today, Lord Heavenly Father, that you will challenge us, Lord Heavenly Father, that you, Lord Heavenly Father, would have your way in this service on today, Lord Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, Lord, we welcome you in this place, Lord Heavenly Father. Strengthen us, Lord, like never before, Lord, in your mighty and precious and holy name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. So, one second here. Let me open this up. Here we go. So, if you can, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Judges chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 11 through 16. Our title for today is Revealed to Live. Revealed to Live. Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. Now, we like to do something a little different at Disciple, or um, at Transformation Church. If you have that, say amen. 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 I need a little interaction with you guys today, okay? All right. Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. And it says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebith at Oriah, which belonged to Josiah the Az... Uh, I'm sorry, the... Whatever. Uh, while his son Gideon was beating on or beating out wheat in the winepress to hide in from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Lord, or I'm sorry, said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if this, I'm sorry, if the Lord is with us, why then has this all happened to us? And where is all the wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us saying, did not the Lord bring us out up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us to the hands of the Midians. Verse 14 says, and the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hands of Midian. Do not, do not I send you. Verse 15, and he said, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest of Messiah, or Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. Verse 16, and the Lord said to him, but I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And then we're going to go ahead and go over to verse 25 and 26. Verse 25 and 26, and it says, that night the Lord said to him, speaking to Gideon, Take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of that stronghold with stones laid in due order. Then take the second bull and offer it as burnt offering with the wood of Asher that you shall cut down. Amen? Amen. So I'm just going to summarize what's going on here. So um, I need my brother right here. Come here real quick for me. And the reason why I'm bringing you up is because I've seen you the whole time worshiping. And I just love that. I just, if you can, just sit with me right here. All right. I, I love to give examples. I'm a, all right. Thank you so much. All right. So we have, we have, our, we have this brother named Gideon. And Gideon is a young man. He is the second generation of Israelites that came out of Egypt. Amen? And um, at this point, 
Um, Gideon has heard all these stories about the great deeds of God. He's heard all these great things about um, God leading them out of Egypt and spreading the, the Red Sea and all these great things. But he has no results of seeing that now. He, he doesn't see that in this moment. They're in slavery. They've, they have a desolate land. They're actually, they have to hide food just to eat. They're in a, they're in, they're in a moment at this time where every single crop that they actually uh, plant is taken by the Midianites. And at this, in the beginning of the story, it actually says that Gideon was um, shaking off the wheat to hide it so that the Midianites would not take their food. Amen? Amen. And Gideon is here. My brother, go ahead and stand up for me. Gideon is a young man. The, the Bible says that um, he wasn't um, he did not know, he did not not know of the, the word of God or the presence of God, but he didn't, at this moment, he, he did not understand why God would leave him out here in the midst of slavery if they were his called people. And just stand right there for me. Now, Gideon, I'm going to read this real quick. Hold on. Let me read this real quick. I, I love this. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because um, Gideon wasn't churchy, as you will. Um, he wasn't, um, he, didn't, he didn't say the appropriate thing. He didn't say what the political thing to say um, in front of, um, front of God or the, um, the angel of God. It said this in verse 12. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. All right. He get first of all, the spirit of God gave him a compliment and said, you're mighty. What did Gideon say? He said, verse 13, and he said, and this has all this appear. I'm sorry. Um, verse 13, it says, Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? Hey, if you're with us, why is all this stuff going on? Why am I in the midst of hiding my food just to be eaten? Why, why do I have to go through this stuff? Why, why is my people, why is my family going through the things that they are going through if you say you're with us? Why? And it goes on and says, And where are the wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? You were with my, my people. You were with my family. You were with your people, Lord. And I remember all, uh, I remember my fathers and my, my grandfathers and the, my uncles and all these people that I've hung around in the community telling us stories about how great you are. I don't see that. I don't see the great God that you say that you are or the people say that you are. I don't see this. I don't, I don't see the, the, the God of Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham. I don't see this, this mighty God that has spread at the sea. I don't see this in this moment. I don't see this. But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us to the hands of the Midian. Let me ask you real quick, and just, yeah, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to be honest. How many of you have ever been in that moment where you, you haven't doubted the who God is, or I'm sorry, you haven't doubted the, the existence of God, but you've doubted his care for you. 
you've doubted the fact, you, you've heard all these wonderful things about Pastor Stu telling, oh man, God has been good, God is doing this, he's, he's great, he's, he's challenging us, he's going to be doing some mighty things, and then you don't see any results of that in your own life, in your family's life, in, in the things that are going on in your life. I know I've been there. When I was preparing for this story, I was thinking about Gideon, and I was thinking about my own life. And um, I shared this before at our church. I remember a time where I was probably about 16, 17 years old. I thought I knew everything in the world. Uh, anybody else been there? Yeah, all right, there you go. All right. And, um, oh, you can be seated real quick. I'm still going to use you. I'm still going to use you. All right. Thank you. Oh, you got young legs. You're fine. You'll be good. Um, but 16, 17 years old, and I thought I knew, the, I thought I knew everything. I, I was, to me, I was grown. To me, I knew what was going to be next. I knew how to, I had all the plans out for my life. But in this moment, I was in another city. I was in um, Denver, Colorado, where I was born. And um, I remember visiting with my uncle, and everything around me seemed like it was crashing down. And in that moment, I thought, man, maybe it would be better if I wasn't here. I don't feel your presence. I don't feel the God who my dad has says that is with us. Let me share this. Let me back up for just a moment. I remember this one time. I, I shared this um, story with our church as well. Um, I think I was about seven or eight years old. Um, me and my brother were in the house. And my dad said something to us that set me on the path that I'm on now. He said, um, he brought us in, and we thought somebody had died or that we were about to get a whooping. I'm just going to be honest. And we, one of the two, something was about to go down. And um, in, the, in this moment, he got, or my dad said, um, hey, sons, I need, I need to talk to you. He was crying, um, and he brought us in the room, and he said, look, I will fail you. I want you to know that. I'm man, and I will fail you. But your heavenly father will never fail you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Now to fast forward to this moment where I'm 16, 17 years old, I thought that everything in my life was chaotic. And in this moment, I thought, man, I don't want to be here anymore. The world would be a better place if Charles wasn't here anymore. So I remember this, this, this big, big rig coming down the, the street. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take my life. So I stood in front of the street, and I was like, ooh. Now, first of all, I just want to, like, that is a painful death to be dying at a, by the big rig. And I, I thought about that for a minute, but I was like, you know what? It's better for me not to be here. And then I felt a tugging do this. And for the first time in a long time, I felt God's presence. And I remember what my father had instilled in me. Man will fail you, but God is always with you. Amen? Always. I want you to pay attention to something. Gideon knew of God, knew of his existence, 
But in this moment, he didn't feel his presence. And God heard his cry. God heard his cry. He heard. But first of all, let me say this. They're in this position because of the generation before them. All right. They're, they're, Gideon is literally going through all of this because the generation before them didn't appreciate God's presence. He did, they didn't appreciate everything that God had got them through. Amen. They didn't appreciate that. They brought them out of slavery. They parted the Red Sea that he brought them. He actually killed their enemies. Gave them manna from heaven. They didn't appreciate it. And now there's this generation after them is suffering because of the generation before them. Amen. And in this Gideon is like, oh, man, I don't understand why I'm here. I know I've heard of you, God, but I don't appreciate the, the stuff that is going on in my life. And Gideon says, or God says, you know what? I'm going to show you not only am I real, but the things that I've done for the, pre- the previous generation, I'm going to do here. And even more miraculous things. Amen. The first thing that he did, though, is he, first of all, he acknowledged Gideon. He said, oh, mighty man of valor. He acknowledged him. He let him know, I don't know, you're mighty. He spoke to his existence. He spoke to the things that God, he, he spoke to the things that he sees. A lot of times we see ourselves as mediocre. We see ourselves as the least. Matter of fact, it even says when um, he speaks about all, when Gideon um, talks about all the things that he's going through, it says, God said, all right, take that same energy and go out and save Israel. <laughs> what? This is what's going on. You didn't stand there real quick. I want you, come here, uh, Pastor Stu, you're going to be my God for a moment. All right. Now, come on, it's okay. It's all right. I know, it's okay. It's all right. It was his so, idea, Lord. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's just an object lesson. This, this is it. So I just want you to tell him, just in the story, how mighty he is. You're mighty. You're mighty. Mighty man of valor. There you go. And then I want you to tell. And then I want you to t- say, "Hey, Lord, um, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? If you were in the beginning, saving my people, why are we going through this now? You don't have to say all that. Okay, good. I was getting ready. I know. I know. I. And then God says, "Take that same energy, and I want you to save your people out of this desolate situation." Now, every single thing that we go through, God has chosen us to be a solution for it. That's why it's on our heart. Every single thing. You have to remember this. this is, there's a scripture that I think we take for granted. It says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That means that there is all power living inside of you. Amen? That means that every situation that we go through, it has a solution. It has an answer to it, and it's in here. If you see somebody going through something, guess what? You have the answer. Amen? So, so Gideon is, or um, Jesus, or I'm sorry, God is actually trying to get Gideon to see these things. He's like, look, all right. I understand that you see your, your family and your people going through these things. Now go out. Save them. 
I'm with you. I'm with you. Remember in the beginning, he never doubted the existence of God, but he doubted his presence, his care. But God let him know, come here. There you go. Come here, God. <laughs> I'm right with you. That's a good photo op right there. That's, that's good. He let him know that he's right there, right? He's right there. He let him know that I never left you. You left me. The generation before you left me, I didn't leave you. They didn't appreciate my existence. They didn't appreciate the things that are going on that I've separated you from. They didn't appreciate that I've separated you from your enemy and killed them in, in a miraculous way. I don't think that, you know, most people say if, um, if God parted the Red Sea in this time, I definitely believe in God. Well, guess what? God has done some things like that for you. He's paid that bill that you didn't see a, you didn't see a way out. Um, he, he got your, hey, you, your kid's looking good. That's a, like seriously. You got married to the one that you didn't deserve. I know I did. Right? He's done some miraculous things. He's done some great things in our lives, but we just have to appreciate those things. The fact that you are breathing in this moment now is miraculous. You have to remember that every breath that we take is grace. Every breath. How many times have you... You guys can be seated. Just, no, 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 no. You stay right here, though. I'm like, yeah, you still stay right there. You, you, can, you can still be seated, though. Right, I still need you, Gideon. I need you. But we have to appreciate what God has done in our lives. Amen? We have to appreciate the fact that though you think that he's not with you, he's right there. He's right there doing some things that we do not see. He's working some things out that we do not understand. Amen? Amen. He's working through those things. Let me, let me share something. Verse 25 and 26, it, it says, I mean, let me read that real quick. It actually, Gideon, he acknowledged, um, God acknowledged his presence and acknowledged who um, Gideon is. But then also, he did something else. In verse 25 and 26, it says, then, I'm sorry, that night, the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and put down and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah that is beside it. So what's going on here is he's getting rid of the distractions. You got to understand, Baal was an idol. Baal is an idol. And what he was doing was getting rid of the distractions. Before he saves you, he has to get some things internally out of the way. Amen? Amen? Amen. I always say this. I cannot do anything for others until I've taken care of myself. Amen? Amen. If I'm in in a desolate part of life, and so then I feel I can't speak to somebody else that is going through that exact same thing. Not at that moment, because I may give them the wrong advice. Amen? Amen? Amen. What if I'm mad at my wife? And somebody comes to me and says, my wife is tripping. I say, and, um, and I say, yeah, my, my wife is too. That doesn't help the person. I'm like, oh, uh, I thought I was going to get a little help. But 
you have to understand that God is trying to get rid of some distractions inside of us. Amen. He's trying to get rid of some things inside of us that keep us from acknowledging the presence of God. There are so many distractions out here today. So many distractions. There are so many things that keep us from the things that we are called to do. There are so many things that keep us from who we're supposed to serve. So many things. I've shared this before, um, this story before at our church, and where I was a young man, I was, um, I was in high school, and there was this young guy, um, his name was Arsenio, and Arsenio was like my little brother. Um, he was, um, he called me big bro and said that he was, I think, two years younger than me. And um, I graduated and gone on, and I found out that um, that summer that he had passed. And he had passed trying to save somebody in a car. And I was, I was devastated because my, my friend had passed. But I found out that he died a hero, right? But I remember, I remember something. Um, this might be a little spooky. Um, but I remember um, when I was preparing for my first message um, as a youth leader. And I was in my mother-in-law's house, and I was in the, the, I was in the office, and we were repairing, and it was like everything got dark. And for the first time in a long time, I heard Arsenio. And Arsenio said, why didn't you tell me about Christ? Why didn't you tell me about the God who could save me? How come you didn't tell me you were supposed to be my brother? How come you didn't tell me about the one that can save me? In that moment, I felt chilled, angry, as well as like just moments of regrets. Because we, like I said before, we have the answer, y'all. And I was too busy, even at that young age, too busy doing what I wanted to do. Too busy doing the wrong thing instead of setting myself on the side of God. I had the answer. And I never shared it with anybody. I never shared it with a soul. I was too busy fronting in front of the people that I thought that I wanted to please. Instead of wanting to please my father. I, I, I want to challenge you today, before you leave this place, before you leave this moment, do not take God's presence for granted. Amen? Share with your family. There are people around you that are looking to you that want to know the answer. Don't allow fear to keep you in bondage. Amen? Amen. Don't, don't allow fear to keep you from the things that God has called you to do. Amen? Amen. Now, Pastor Stu said this earlier that God is, um, I, I think he loves chaos. Um, I think he does his best work in chaos. Amen? 
I, I think he really does. Uh, I think he looks down at us and be like, oh, man, oh, yes, I'm getting ready to work. He's like this. Oh, ooh, yeah, there's some, some things going on. Okay, I, I, I want to I, I get into it. So um, he, remember I, I told you that Gideon was sent to go to war, right? He was sent to, to go out and save his people. So Gideon is still a little weary. Um, he's still a little fearful. But God says, I'm going, to, I'm going to put the hands of the Midianites in your hands. I'm going to put those, those Midianites in your hands. I'm going to free you from the things that are keeping you bondage. Amen? So he gets, so stand up real quick. So he goes out. Now, we're going to pretend like these are your, yeah, no, your soldiers. So it started off with 3,000, or I'm sorry, 30,000 soldiers. 30,000 soldiers. Would you feel confident? I don't care how many people. 30,000 soldiers, I'm ready to roll. Right? I'm ready to rock. 30,000 of my, ooh, yeah, some fighters. Let's go. God said, no, 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 this is too big. Um, if y'all, if you, you will win, and if you guys win like this, you'll take the credit. And you won't see that, you still won't appreciate what I'm doing in your life. Cut them loose. Everybody that's scared, there's some scary cats out there. There's always some scary ones. Um, he sent them out and he said, go home. And then he did some other things. He said, he broke them down even more. He said, look, those that are, that lap or drink water like a dog and stuff like that, you keep those and the rest you send home. Those 30,000 turned to 300. 300 mighty men. Now, um, I don't know about you, but the, the army that he was about to face, it said that they were unnumberable. And you have 300 men. That's, no. Um, <laughs> I, I really thought about this and how, like God sometimes puts you in situations to see how you will actually go through with it, or if you will go through it. And he he put, he put Gideon in a situation. 300 men facing an unnumberable amount of humans or amount of people in an army. And he said, trust me, I'm going to see you through and you are going to be victorious. I'm going to see you through. Real quick, how many of you have been in a situation where you didn't see a great outcome? And God showed up. You didn't see a way out, but God gave you a way out. This is what's happening with Gideon. He's right now in this moment. Again, let's go back to the beginning. The generation before him didn't appreciate God's existence, God's presence. Amen. Gideon longed for it. He longed for his presence. He longed for God to do the exact same thing that he did in the previous generation. He longed for it. And God is sitting here wanting to do the exact same thing. Show them, I'm here. I'm here. So they go out. I just want you to go out amongst the people. All right, let's go out. There you go. All right. Go out amongst the people. There you go. So he goes out. And he has a trumpet in one hand and a jar, or a jar in the other hand. And 
Gideon, or the Spirit of the Lord said, look, what I want you to do is I want you to blow your trumpet, which I believe is praise. It's a sign for praise. And I want you to hold that, that jar. And when I tell you to, I want you to throw it down. It has fire in it. It's a, it was a flame, as you will, and stuff like that. And I believe that that represents the Holy Spirit. And he's in the midst, and he's, he has these three sets of um, armies out of that 300. So 100 on one side, 100 on another, and 100 in, um, in the middle. And he said at the no, keep standing. Nah, you got to keep doing it, brother. You a part of As long as I'm standing, you standing. <laughs> All right, keep walking. I ain't forgot about you. Stand right here. There you go. So, yeah, you're getting your steps in right now. That's good. So he's, he's, in the, he's in the midst. He sees the unnumberable army that he's getting ready to face. He has a trumpet in one hand. Trumpet. Pretend like you, yeah, there you go. And then the jar on the other. There you go. Again, I believe that this represents the trumpet, praise, trust. When you praise God, you should trust him. Amen? Amen? I believe that this is the Holy Spirit guiding them. Amen? So he, they blew the trumpet and threw down the jar. And what the, the Bible says happened is that they began to kill each other, the other army, and run away. Think about that. An unnumberable amount of people at the sound of a trumpet and a jar breaking ran off and began to kill themselves. That's like if you were in a fight. You had a trumpet and started blowing it. Let's, come here. Let's, there you go. You're tall enough, so you're good. We're about to... And I brought it out and said, let's go, at, let's go. And I said, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> think about that. That would be absurd. But God does absurd stuff to show you that he's real. Amen. 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 Think about that. He, God wants you to understand that he is bigger than every situation that you'll ever go through. Amen. Sometimes we put too much weight in the matters of our lives when we serve an enormous God. Amen? Amen. We, you have, we serve an enormous God. Amen? Amen? Yeah. An enormous God. A God that literally made everything that we see. Amen? Amen. That's good. And we, we fear so much the creation instead of the creator. We don't, we don't fear the creator enough. And I'm not talking about being scared. I'm talking about having reverence for him. We, we have to understand how big our God is and how powerful he is. And he's ready. He's ready to be on our side, ready to fight for us. Amen. He's ready to do what he has to do for us. As a father, there's nothing that my daughter couldn't tell me that I wouldn't go... 5154. If some if, if we actually had this happen. Little boy and so that was messing with my daughter, and I forgot that I was an old adult. <laughs> I was ready to go. Because that's my daughter. Right? And I'm I'm ready as as a father, I'm protective over my family. Right? But I, I had to tell my daughter something. 
I'm very crazy when it comes to you. But how, how much more is God? Think about that. I can, uh, hey, if I do something, I go to jail. <laughs> God does something, hey, who's gonna, who, what's going to happen to him? <laughs> right? Hey, Amen. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not telling you to use God as an attack dog or nothing like that. I'm not, don't, 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 uh, don't get that. But what I am saying is that God will take care of every situation that you're in. He'll, he will take care of everything if you allow him in. God is such a gentleman. He will not enter into a space unless you are, I mean, unless you invite him in that space. Amen. He's such a gentleman. And he only wants the best for you. And he only wants you to understand how much he deeply loves you. From the beginning of time, you have to realize that he's always wanted an interaction with his people. Amen? Pastor Stu, you can see it real quick. Jen, stand up for me real quick. There we go. I'm going to be God now. All right? Just for a moment. This is Adam and Eve. And the Bible says that at the cool of day, each and every day, he wanted to spend time with Adam and Eve. Right? Just walk. Just keep walking. Just, just do what you're doing. Just, just stroll. There you go. It's all right. Don't. Go ahead. Stroll back. There you go. Don't act so awkward. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. You're strolling. You're strolling. All right. There you go. All, I, all God, I'm not going to say me, all God wanted to do was spend some time with him. Each and every day. Each and every day. But they allowed a distraction to get away, or to get into the way of that relationship. And I believe that the enemy, our enemy, the God, God doesn't say that it's his enemy, it's our enemy gives us too many distractions that we follow through with instead of falling back to how it was designed. A relationship with God. Amen? I want you to turn with me real quick. Just real quick. John 10 and 10. This is one of my favorite scriptures because I think that this gives real insight of... You guys can be seated. On the plans of the enemy, our enemy, and our God. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Think about that. All these distractions, they're going to steal your relationship with God, ultimately kill it and destroy it. (coughs) The enemy knows what he's called to do, and he's good at it. He's very good at it. He wants to kill, steal, kill, and destroy you. Amen? But God says something. This is Christ here. And he says, but I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. That you may have life and have it more abundantly. Now, that's not talking about riches. That's not talking about money. That's not talking about fame or any of those things. That's talking about a life 
Let me tell you something. There is no life without Christ. None. There is no life without him. None. And we have to understand that. True life exists only in him. Only in him. If, you're not, if you are living without him, you are just breathing. You're just breathing. And that's grace alone. You are just breathing. You are just existing in this moment. And up, until you find Christ and he is the Lord over your life, not just Savior, but Lord. You're just, you're just existing. He has to be the center of your life. Not number one, but the center. That means everything revolves around him. Everything. We have to get to a point where we acknowledge and value his presence like crazy. Value his presence. God was sharing with me in this moment that there's this, that I just want my people to know how much I love them. Think about that. All the fathers, all the mothers, think about your children for a moment. Think about if they passed on and they didn't know that you loved them. How you would feel. Or they were going through a matter or they were going through a situation, but they didn't even think that you loved them. God wants you to know he is our parents. He's our father. And he wants you to know how much he deeply loves and cares for you. Everything. Nothing is out of his hands. Amen. Nothing. He wants you to know how deeply you are loved. No matter how the situation looks, no matter how the situation may seem in your, your, your eyes, or it, it, may, it may feel like everything is crashing down on you, God wants you to know that he loves you. Gideon, or I'm sorry, God revealed himself to Gideon so that he can live. He revealed himself to Gideon so that he would understand that his love goes so much deeper than just doing things for him. He called him out and said he was a man of valor. He didn't see himself, I'm sorry, um, he didn't see Gideon like Gideon seen himself. He seen him as precious cargo, valuable. He sees you as valuable. He sees you as precious Humans, image bearers of Christ. Amen? Yeah. Think about that. You hold, he, he, he loves you so much that he put himself inside of you. Think about that. He said, I love you so much that I want to protect you from you doing what's wrong to yourself. So I'm going to put myself inside of you. Myself. And we have to acknowledge that. Amen? We have to appreciate that. We have to appreciate the fact that his presence brings power, confidence, and strength. Amen? There's a story in the Bible that um, I, I love. It's of the... Um, you, you've heard of it. Um, it's a prodigal, um, prodigal son. And this prodigal son... Or this, this son was um, spent so much time around 
his father. And he didn't think that he was living. So he said, I want mine. I want everything that is mine now. So he went out. He asked his father for everything that belonged to him. The father gave it to him and he wandered off. And he said, hey, um, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to I'm going to exist how I want to exist. Amen. And he went out and he realized. After spending all of his money, after all the friends disappeared, after all the money disappeared, after everything that he thought that was going to see him through. Disappeared. He realized how precious his father's presence was. Amen. He realized how precious his relationship with his heavenly father was. He realized. So he said, look, I, I got to go back. I'm, I'm eating from slop right now. I'm, I'm doing things that are not meant for a child of God. I'm doing things that are not meant for someone of my stature. If I can just be his slave, I will be better off than I am now. So he went to his father and immediately the father seen him from afar off the Bible says and comes running after him and accepts him they, they build a huge feast and they celebrate his son coming home I don't know where you are in your life if you are like Gideon where you're just doubting his care for you or you're like the prodigal son where you didn't appreciate your presence with the Father. And you realize how precious he is. I want to I want to pray with you. I want you to understand how precious our God is and how precious you are to our Heavenly Father. Amen? Every head bowed real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for each and every person that is here on today, Lord. I pray, Lord, Heavenly Father, that they will get something from your word, Lord, Heavenly Father, and that they will know, Lord, just how great you are. Just how much you love them, Lord. Just how much you value them, Lord, I pray, Lord, Heavenly Father, that every single person here will live, not just breathe anymore. I pray, Lord, that they will be missionaries, Lord, for your will, Lord, that they will go out changing the environments and their households, Lord, and their communities, Lord, and their cities, Lord, Heavenly Father, because that's what you have called us to do, Lord. Thank you, Father. everybody to do me a favor one, one, one quick favor real quick I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them I dare you to live and I say it louder than that I dare you to live and value his presence now turn to the person next to you say the exact same thing I dare you to live now dare him I dare you to live brother 
and value His presence. Amen.